Welcome to the Candid Comms podcast. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you thrive in internal communication, you're in the right place. I'm your host, international communication consultant, trainer and mentor, Rachel Miller. Through this podcast, I'll share my experience with you so you can increase your skills, knowledge and confidence on all things internal communication related. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I'm really excited to introduce the very first guest to the Candid Comms podcast. And when I was thinking about who I wanted to join me in conversation to talk about all things internal comms related, the number one name on my list was Matt Batten. I'm going to hand you over to Matt to introduce himself. Um, Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. The first guest. This is uh, also exciting and slightly uh, feeling the pressure right now as well. Oh, so, don't feel the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so I'm Matt Batten. I uh, work for the Church in Wales in the Diocese of Llandaff, and I'm the Director of Communication and Engagement. And I've been there for do you know, it's coming up to two years, Is which I can't, years? I know, because I remember messaging you saying, um, I've seen this job come up. Yeah. I think I'm going to go for it. And you were like, you really have to, you really worked hard to get to this point. So two years, I just can't believe it. Goodness. And what a time to be working in, in comms <laughs> in the church when everything has, has changed, right? One of the everything. reasons I, I really wanted to get you onto the show is because, anyway, it's called Candid Comms because I, I think having an honest and open conversation about communication is so important and particularly I'm fascinated by the work that you've been doing and the changes that you've seen over the last year or so. I wonder whether you can talk to us about maybe what your role is day to day and then maybe how it's shifted as a result of 2020. Yeah and I, it really has shifted an awful lot I think before if we were recording this say two years ago a church comms nobody was really that interested in it was probably just press releases Mm -hmm. um, and a little bit of social media but when I joined two years ago it was at a time when the diocese was going through a massive change and you realize that going to church is not the top of everyone's priorities anymore you realize you really really need to do something quite radical so we had a new bishop Bishop June she came in working with us to develop a vision And that vision was all about a different way, a a fresh way of communicating and engaging. She knew she didn't want um, a press secretary. What she wanted was someone who does engagement. So with my background in theology, plus my sort of enthusiasm for comms and experience in that field, I was brought in then to, to lead the communication and engagement. What I find interesting looking back, though, is as much as digital was included in the job description, the reality when, you, when I joined was that this was not a culture that was up for digital. That's so, interesting. What, yeah. why? What, what was the culture like? Oh, the culture was print. The culture was um, newsletters in the pews in the uh, in the church, and the Croeso magazine, which is our quarterly magazine that would go out, which would have all the news in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had a website. We put some stuff on the website, you know, as you do, and we had social media, which we would just retweet. 
other thing, other people's content, and Facebook, which was just posted. Yeah. So, so not uh, actually doing original content on Twitter, just sharing, then, amplifying other voices. Yeah, okay. it was an echo chamber for everyone else. So right. why would you why would you follow us? Indeed. Because we're not having a conversation <laughs> with you. Actually, mm-hmm. great. You you know we'll retweet you, but after a while, you might as well go and follow that other channel than us. We're mm. not talking to you. We're not talking to the people who go to our church. So, so when you saw that, yeah. did you go, wow, I want to get stuck in here? And, oh, and 100%. Fix <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, in my naivety, that's what I thought was what they wanted me from, for, for the get-go. Mm-hmm. And what I discovered was while I'm embracing digital and social and videos and, you know, all, the, you know, really looking through my toolkit of of things that we use as communicators to tell our story, what I realized was there was a massive nervousness about digital. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that came down to, but our people aren't on social media. They, they don't do digital. They're a lot older. So you need to draw back from all the social media that you're doing. And and a lot of that came down to the age range of people who go to church who are older. But my argument is, but the NHS know that they can't reach the older demographic through social, but they know they can reach the carers, the mothers, the fathers, the cousins, the daughters. They target them with that information. Why don't we do the same? So, yes, I'm not saying we get rid of print. So what I did was say, I'm going to bring digital up to the same level as print in year one. That's what I'm going to do. Nothing Love scary. Yeah. Nothing scary. Don't worry about them usurping our traditional <laughs> channels. I'm not here to stamp all over your newsletters. I am here to bring digital up to the same level and give it the same respect. Then when everyone's comfortable, you start doing a little bit more and print then perhaps isn't the primary channel, but it's its unique channel then COVID comes along. So now suddenly my push on digital, I'm pushing an open door. Whereas before Mm. I wasn't, COVID advanced our digital uh, culture tremendously. Could you quantify that? Could you buy a number of months, buy a number of years? Could you possibly gauge that, do you think? Yeah, because I had um, had a strategy. So I had a three-year strategy of what I was going Mm -hmm. to achieve in those three years. The first year was sorting out our channels, being clear on our audience. You know, all the basics that we do as internal Mm -hmm. comms professionals, knowing who we're targeting and looking at the data and making those decisions. Then year two was starting to be a little bit more creative with how we tell our story. Year three was starting then to look at how do we upskill our uh, priests, our volunteers, our office team, so that we're not the ones doing all the comms. You know, we're we're enabling more of our people and we just curate it. So basically, I had to scrap about 18 months of strategy out of the window mm-hmm. and do it within eight days. <laughs> because, <Wow. laughs> because it's super, it, you think about, but Rachel, think about when lockdown happened originally. Mm. It was um, a couple of days before Holy Week. Now, you don't have to be a Christian to know that there are two major festivals in the church calendar. That's going to be Holy Week and Easter, and it's going to be Christmas. The fact that we then had to do digital and go online within eight days of Holy Week 
was a massive challenge. And at the same time, the new website was launching because we had to advance that as well to host all that we needed to do. Holy Week in the church is a busy time. Add COVID and the anxiety and the mourning that was Mm. difficult for people because it's not just a building. The emotion that is tied up to going to church is is quite incredible for some people who of the older generation that is their only contact that they will have that week mm. how do you replicate that online? oh you're giving me goosebumps Matt. no true, it, but it's true and that's but, um, yeah it's got an emotional place isn't it it's an emotional connection so yeah i think you don't have to be a christian to be able to i guess by any denomination if you think about your place of worship it's yeah. a community it's your your place where you go, where you, maybe you feel a sense of belonging and exactly. where you see your friends and you see hmm? the people who matter. And we were talking just before we started recording about we miss the hugs. I miss the hugs. I miss seeing people in person and giving them big, big bear hugs. It's that physical contact and connection, isn't it? And particularly through the lens of Holy Week, you're right. That's yeah, that's when it, we come together. It, it really is. I mean, you know, those two seasons are when traditionally more and more people will go to church, some for the first time, mm. others just haven't got into the habit for a long time, but feel a call to go into church. So it's more than, you know, my role is more than just communicating a story or a fact. It is very much about communicating an emotion, a very spiritual emotion for some, for mm. some community. Of friends you know so that was a challenge and the 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 fear I think from a lot of people in the decision making body of the church is it's not the same as in person and I'm like no it's not it isn't let's be honest it's not going to be the same but it can be different and we can and it's not going to be forever so why don't we tell their story of what this means to them and that was my approach with comms through COVID, was essentially find the voices of the people this is impacting and tell their story. And it's been a it's been quite a challenge to to reach an audience, but we're seeing our that's audience. a massive understatement there. I feel, oh, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're being so humble. I feel but, cards on the table, Matt. Okay. But, Okay, cards on the candid. Okay, we're we're being candid. Okay, okay. How difficult has it been, really? Oh, incredibly difficult. I'll be honest with you. uh, That first year, I worked all the hours, and I don't think you go into a job where you care so much about what you're doing without being willing during a time of crisis to put a bit of self-sacrifice behind it. Mm. Because I was hearing those stories, you know, I was hearing about priests who. Their whole life is doing church on a Sunday and every morning. That's just been ripped from them. Mm. And now we're saying, oh, wouldn't it be good if you went online? We've never asked that of them before. So, yeah, I would probably, I mean, I did. I spend most of my time coaching people over the phone how to set up your mobile phone. How to, don't you know, the first three weeks I was like, don't even worry right now about having all the right tech. Just be comfortable that you're live streaming and it could just be your face right now and you're talking to your audience build on that over time you know I mean and some of the it's it is emotional but some of the things is also really funny you know like 
<laughs> Father Andrew live streaming from his church a Eucharist service and the camera falls over. You know, <laughs> or Bishop June when she's saying um, a prayer and the dog comes running and barking past her. And we tell the funny stories of behind the scenes because we've all been there. Love it. That's so applicable for, for in-house internal communicators in, in any role. I think yeah. getting our leaders comfortable, being uncomfortable, showing up on camera, yeah. doing things that they've never had to do before and particularly to do by themselves because yeah. we normally swoop in with the kit, right? We, yep, we set exactly. it up and then we point and shoot. And actually, we had to get our leaders to build up their own skills and capabilities in terms of showing up, being visible, being on camera. Yeah. And that might not be comfortable for them and it might not be what they're they're used to so thinking about your target audience you know as mm-hmm. being congregations what's the impact been to have that visible leadership and have that shift to digital what, what's it meant for your people the impact of seeing bishop june so accessible has been quite wonderful to see and i can see that from the comments that we get on facebook and twitter and the emails that she receives and the letters she receives as well yes. What we what I did with Bishop June was not overuse her because yeah. it's so easy with your leaders, isn't it? Just to plonk them in front of a camera for every <laughs> single message and think that's what everyone wants to hear. So true. Yeah, and, and I don't. I, I'm very careful with what I say I think we need to do. With with Bishop June, she's got a very I, I understand her style now because I spent a lot of time in my first couple of months meeting with her every month just literally listening listening to what 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 moves her what she's passionate about so i know then when something comes up i can say this is really right for you a good example of that would be for um, a domestic violence campaign we ran last year i did not know the history of bishop june at all mm-hmm. this is a great example as well of um, how a leader has become comfortable before she didn't do any mobile phone video stuff I came in I did it this last couple of months she's been doing it herself she's nice. bought uh, a road mic she's dropboxing stuff at me at all hours I'm like I can't keep up you're like a video machine Bishop <laughs> like slow down come on now but she did this story right of her experience of domestic violence as a child and the impact of her father and on her mother and herself she did it sat on her stairs like leaning into the camera telling a story I mean that's authentic comms right there yeah this I can't fake that can you you cannot fake it you feel the difference don't you when you when you're someone who makes you want to listen and it makes you because it's not scripted and polished and perfect it's raw isn't it I think some of the the best leadership communication is that when it's so raw and that's obviously an incredibly tough subject as well a really tough subject and tough for someone in her position to to share her story publicly because Mm. it goes out on our channels but it gets picked up by you know the church in wales and other channels who are hearing that story and suddenly your comms is relatable suddenly you're more than just going to church on a sunday you're about you know i understand this is an issue here in the society and I want to do something about it you know it's very easy for churches to see social media as marketing tools to just put their message out and say come to church or why don't you tell the story of the people who go to church instead it's because peer-to-peer, that, isn't it right it's peer to it totally yeah. is you know and and 
you know, this is internal comms. So people might be wondering why am I talking about congregation? Isn't that public? But it's not because think of them as your advocates. My, for me, my external comms are the people who perhaps are not coming into church or on the fringes of church. But my internal comms are the ones who go to church. They're the ones who are volunteers. There are office staff. There are clergy. They're the ones who are going to take this message and share it with their friends and family and their communities. And so to see Bishop June tell that story and have people share that, suddenly church is opened up to an external audience on an issue that's not exclusively about your core business. That's so poignant, isn't it's it? It's beautiful, you know, when you tell a story like that. Yeah, you, and you can't you can't beat hearing a leader in their own words. I think, you know, we'd like to think that we're all great writers when we're working in internal comms and lots of us are ex-journalists and we've, you know, been brought up in the profession as writers. But actually, there are times where you need to trust your leaders to give give them the confidence, I think, that their words are enough and their words are right. And sometimes yeah. it's not for us to tell them what to say. I think probably most times it's not for us to tell them what to say we can give them guidance and talking points or you know I'm a fan of the bullet points you're giving that you know flexibility exactly. within boundaries and the boundary is particularly for change communication where yeah. you're giving them a bit of a steer but actually where the richness and variety of good effective internal comms happens for me is that and we overuse the word authentic I think in internal comms mm. I think it's got to the point where we want everything to be authentic and you know, if it's not, everyone knows the difference. Yeah. But I think it's just setting your leaders up for success and giving them the opportunity to be themselves and be human and be relatable, maybe relatable rather than authentic is what we need. I think you're right. And I think it's very easy, particularly in hierarchical organisations. So take the fact away that she's a bishop, because mm. you've, everyone's probably got their own version of what a bishop is like. Strip away all of that and just think of it in terms of an, a hierarchical organisation. It takes an awful lot of courage to put yourself out there because you've then got to go into meetings and not be the vulnerable person that perhaps you've seen on mm. a video. You've still got to deliver a tough message. But I think that then becomes easier when you've seen your leader as as, as not being put up on a, a pedestal. You've, you've put them in a they're just like you and me kind of situation. Mm. It's beyond the robes, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think that's, about... that's, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to, can I nick that one? It's yeah, go the for robes. it. <laughs> okay, I'm having that. But I tell you what, that might be the name of my autobiography, Matt Batten, Beyond the Robes. Oh, amazing. I'd have Ooh. to be ordained before that one works, but <laughs> I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. <laughs> I think, oh, you never know. Never say never. Never Matt. say never. Um, I think the key bit for me when I'm thinking about leaders, it's beyond the job title. You know, it's not them as CEO or managing director or president, whatever they are. It's about beyond the, what their business card says or email signature yeah. nowadays. So it's that same mindset, right? Of yeah. how can we shine a light on them as the, the person? Yeah. And I don't want, I wouldn't want any leader to, to come across as being untouchable. The, mm. the, they're, they're so hierarchical or, or people are perceiving them to be untouchable unable to get to them with a message or, or to have a conversation with them because I think that's really old-fashioned sort of leadership style isn't it um, yeah. if, if you've put them and you've created barriers 
Um, and it's I think the corner I, office, isn't it? It's the kind yeah. of the, the shiny ivory tower corner office syndrome rather than sleeves yeah. up on the front line. Yeah, mucking, that's mucking in with the troops. It's, exactly. It's, I know what I prefer. That, oh, that, totally. It's about respect as well, isn't it? If you see someone who gets gets what your challenges are, then mm. you're more likely to respond with those extra favors or you're going to go that bit bit further to, to to do a piece of work because you see something in them that you respond well to and i think as communicators it's very much about finding the sweet spot of your leadership team and saying you know i'm going to use you for this one but i'm not going to use the chief exec for example because that's mm. not going to work as well and that's where i am i think with with some of my comms it's not always going to be the bishop it doesn't always need to be. Well, I think what you said right at the start around how you went into the job and spent time listening and learning and getting to know mm. the, the leaders, I think is, is so relatable for internal communicators and how we need to work with leaders. In a previous episode, I focused on how to work successfully with, with leaders. And I think everything you've said there is so important about getting to know their communication style and their preference. So you know when to I said use always feels like a wrong word to use, but it, it's kind of we know when to pull pull on them in terms yeah. of this is appropriate for you for these type of employees, or you know what it doesn't always have to be you. It, it can be a good a good effective leadership in an organisation for me is where your CEO or you know or the bishop in your case is mm. seen to kind of hand down and trust that next layer down. That's often who people relate with because that person in the very highest rank feels untouchable and they feel too senior and therefore not as relatable as the immediate local management. Exactly. If you want to learn more about internal communication, I have a special offer for you. Because you're a listener of the Candid Comms podcast, you can save 10% off my range of online masterclasses. Simply use the code CANDIDCOMS at the checkout to remove 10% from the listed price. I offer a range of courses and these are your courses done at your pace. You have 12 months access from when you enrol in a course and there's a range of options to choose from in terms of topics. See the show notes for the full information and I hope to see you inside an online masterclass very soon. all day Matt I've got some questions for you I'm yeah gonna, yeah I'm gonna course, ask, course. I'm gonna ask you that's all right so I would love to ask you a key piece of learning that has stayed with you or shaped the way you communicate oh the one thing that resonates with me that, that my very first coach ever said to me she said to me Matthew why would you go into a meeting and not know who your allies are that piece of advice is Ooh. the best thing I have ever, ever heard. And I remember the situation because I had to present, it was my first senior role. So I had to present a paper about customer experience to the the executive team of, of the organization I was there. And I was really nervous. I've right? yeah. never been in, it's the lion's den kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, never, ever been that. It's always, at that level of my career, I was always one of the one of the team. You know, mm. good old mm. having us all have a good time. Uh, so I thought, I, I need a coach. I said to her, look, I've got to present. And I knew she was going to be there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, all right, so who's your allies? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And she was like, oh, there you go. Why would you go in cold to that meeting and not know what other people are thinking? And I was like, well, how do you, how do you find that out? And she said, 
well, have you phoned anyone up? Have you phoned any of those leaders, any of those directors up and said, I'm presenting a paper. Can I run it by you? Because I've never done this before. And I was like, no. And she's like, well, there you go. And I was like, what, I that love easy? That. <laughs> and, and she was like, of course. She goes, they, they, she goes they're human. Mm. She said, you know, it would be a really bad person who says, no, I'm going to let you suffer. And she goes, and if they do, you don't want anything to do with them. It's like, oh, right. Okay. So that's great great advice. I love that. Isn't it great advice? So that's what I do now. Every time I I go into a meeting, I think, right, who's my allies? And if I don't know, then I'm going to talk to them just to get us just to find out what's on their mind. Great. Okay, I have a question for you on measurement. Uh-oh. We we love we love a measurement question. How do you approach measurement or what insights can you share about measuring the outcomes? And you know I'm a big fan of outcomes, not outputs, incomes. Yes. Um, how do you do that in reality? Oh, measurement. Do you, uh, honestly, I remember, I think, having this conversation with you at a conference and saying, do you know what, everyone talks about measurement in internal comms, but it's, it, it feels like the scariest thing in the world until you just start measuring. And then it's not because it's not scary. It's just data that tells you the answer to your problems. Measurement is hugely important for what I do because I I communicate other people's projects, campaigns, etc. So an example for me is um, every every three months we do social media reports and also website reports. So I know who's who's hitting what targets. What I've noticed with um, a team who are making a lot of videos, for example, they put a lot of effort into it and the drop off is 30 seconds. And I'm like, I need to have a conversation with you about it because you're wasting your time, actually. And it could be done better. So for me, I use measurement to be able to make better decisions. And I use measurement to improve the way I communicate. And I use measurements to to suggest different ways of doing things, even on my own work. You know, it's a really easy thing to do is to point your camera and film. Mm. But if that's not working for your audience look at your data. And then I realize, you know, my my intro of 20 seconds might have been the best thing I have ever created, but then everyone's switching off because it's too long. <laughs> like, like <laughs> drop the intro, get straight to your point. And then that's the level of um, success measurement can have. I get a lot of people in the church world and where I work who don't understand necessarily what outcomes and outputs are. Mm-hmm. So, I've had to be really quite strict when someone will say to me, just done this amazing video and then present how great it was and tell everyone how great it was. And I'm like, but what was the outcome? What was the outcome of that particular piece of work? It becomes natural, I think, for internal comms. The more you do measurement, the more you know it's not criticism. You've got your data to help someone be a better communicator. You've got your data to help your your company, your organization to make better decisions. It's not anything to fear. Um, If something's not working, that's probably not your fault because you didn't know why at the outset this wasn't going to work. I love that. That, That's a peach of a quote for me that, Mm. you know, it's it's not criticism. I think there is a fear of measuring. It's knowing what to measure, knowing how to measure, knowing why we're measuring. And then what happens if it turns up that actually people don't like our channels and then there is that sense of criticism I think that's that mindset is so important I think you've you've nailed that Um, and you're right I think it's the the language of measurement and making sure that it makes sense to our people yeah we we I'm really upfront with it 
you know, even if some some stats don't look good for something, you know, m- me and the team have produced, I'm all right with that. Because how can mm. I go and knock on someone's door and say, you know, this video didn't work if I don't look at it myself and say, you know, actually, that wasn't the best piece of work you've ever delivered. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. You can do something better next time with the data. Love it. What does candid comms mean to you? Oh, gosh, candid comms. Do you know I think for me, it means being brave with the feedback you give somebody. Um, it means listening to your audience, listening to what they need, not what you think your boss thinks they need, and having a conversation with them about the reality of a situation. So COVID, for example, and people not being in the same office, I've really noticed the tempers get a bit frayed. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're just bouncing emails and team messages. And as great as digital communications have been for us internally, it still p- presents a challenge as well mm-hmm. for, for team dynamic. And I really noticed at the end of last year, the team wasn't in a happy place. Nobody was in a happy place. And, and there was a lot of blame, I think, going on. There was a lot of emails that were slightly, oh, you just read into it and you're like, ooh. Someone's not okay here. And so I start having conversations with people about what's going on and, you know, why are things the way they are? So I, I went to my boss and I said, you know, I'm really noticing that the team are are feeling a bit down, you know, that we're coming to the end of the year. And I think this has gone on long enough and we need now to come back as a team because we've been under pressure a lot. And so I presented that to, to my boss, who is also under a lot of pressure as well. Mm. So it's, you know, you just think, oh, I'm adding to his burden. But mm. going and having a candid conversation to say, this is what's happening. This, the impact of some of the decisions that are being made, this is the impact and this is the reality. But instead of just bringing that to his doorstep, it's really important if you're going to have a can- candid conversation to also suggest a candid solution as well. And, you know, that was as easy as, why don't we just go in organize a meeting, organize a team event and just say, look, you're under pressure. So humble yourself in front of them and say, look, I'm under pressure. You're under pressure. How can we work together and help each other? And that's the the level of candid conversation I think is important to me. Not just ignoring something when you see trouble is brewing, not leaving it to the absolute crunch point. But going in when you get in a sense that something's wrong and just having an honest conversation with your leader and saying, I think we need to do something about this, even if it's not going to be what they want to hear. Can I ask you about the impact of that? So so what was the result of, of doing that with the team? Do you know what? Um, normally we would have gone out for like Christmas do, et cetera. And then, mm. you know, I was getting a sense that everyone was really fed up of being online to be Mm -hmm. honest. So we went to the DBF and said, can we just buy everyone instead of the money that would go for a a night out? Can we just buy him a present? What what does does DBF stand for? Oh gosh, I'm doing that awful thing. (laughs) Uh, Diocesan Board of Finance. Awesome, thank you. Gosh, I'm glad you picked up on that. (laughs) So they they bought everyone in the office a present and a lovely, lovely message from the bishop and from the chair to say you have worked extremely hard this year we we've also introduced w- different ways of doing team meetings now a mixture of just dropping in and having a chat but also doing some of the business stuff as well we're looking at the way those meetings are they're not working mm. 
So what can we do now to make them work? And it's a, just a bit of maybe we're just pushing business all the time. Why don't we just have a coffee? Last week, for the first time, I think, since lockdown, we all just got together and had a coffee. And what did that feel like? Um, a relief. Bizarrely, a relief going into mm. a meeting and not have to perform. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know with not going and having something on the agenda that you're leading and mm. just going in and chatting to people was a relief. And it was lovely. And we had a laugh. And I thought, gosh, in between the business focus and the deliverables are a group of people who get on really well. Can't forget that. And Love I think, that. unfortunately, we did. Mm. Towards the good end of good the on you for having that candid conversation because it yeah. led to led to a positive one, right? A positive definitely, definitely, team. yeah. So my final question for you, Matt, is what one piece of advice can you pass on to other internal comms people? I mean, you've given us a whole <laughs> episode worth, so I'm very, very grateful to you for that. But what one piece of advice would you like people to take away? I think the one piece of advice I would give would be to immerse yourself in the culture of the organization you work for. You need to understand the language. You need to understand the positives where people are anxious about things. You need to know what keeps your leaders awake at night. You need to know your core mission and what you can not deviate from. For me, the core mission is at the heart of everything that we do. And that is by spending six months of not making any major decisions in my job, but listening, to listen to what what is it we want to achieve and summing it up. But you can only do that by being um, immersed in your organisation. And one of the simple things I did, which is not everyone's cup of tea, surprisingly, the church uses Facebook a lot. So mm. within the first week, I must have had every friend request from a cleric I could imagine. <laughs> and I was a little bit like, oh, do I really want them seeing me on a night out? You know, being tagged in photos. I'm not sure I do. But I created a separate channel and mm. was like, you know, they need to see personal Matt. Uh, they don't need to see me on a night out, but they need to see me on Facebook um, sharing, a, you know, a little bit about my life because I, I also I'm also one of them. I go to church as well. And, you know, I, I'm interested mm. in all this sort of thing. But I did that because I wanted to immerse myself in the culture. I wanted to see what uh, life was like as a cleric. I just traveled around churches. Mm-hmm. Um, meetings church halls at seven in the night you know because that's when all church meetings happen they always have good biscuits as well though <laughs> oh my goodness just honestly a biscuit, a biscuit tour Matt let's be honest that's it's, what you're it's really literally doing. coffee and biscuits if you <laughs> ever it. in the church you just know don't go to a meeting without a pack of biscuits they oh, will yeah. be your best friend so immerse yourself in the culture and and awesome. be one of the be one of them you're going to win a lot of favours that way brilliant Matt thank you so much for your candor today for all of your advice and guidance that you've shared it's been super to have you on where can people find you online if they want to connect with you oh i'm a i'm a heavy twitter user so i'm on comms guy matt with two t's so feel free to follow me on there Uh, i do tweet a lot about comms a lot about internal comms it's my favorite subject and uh, a side order of church comms as well so uh, (laughs) (laughs) come along (laughs) well matt thank you so much and all of the notes from the show can be found at allthingsic.com forward slash podcast and matt thank you so much thank you to everyone for tuning in to this week's 
week's episode. Do find me online at All Things I See and let me know what you thought of today's episode. And remember, what happens inside is reflected outside. See you again soon.